So I want to say this. The Bible says, and don't turn there, but 2 Corinthians you know, 3, 16 through 18, that God will move us from faith to faith to glory to glory. Can you say amen? How many believe that for your life? Amen. So there's a lot of other words that we could, we could use to cross-reference some of those things, you know. Uh, it means like you're developing, you're growing, okay? You know, my grandson is like a week old here, grandchild number seven, and he's at his age right now, he's being held and he's asleep in my mom's arms, his great-grandma. But how many know that's a beautiful picture? But if he was 47 years old doing that, there would be a problem, okay? So you get the picture, when I was a kid, how many of you remember your first, uh, first wheels that you had? First transport, not car, but first, help me out here. First, uh, what did you have? What was the first thing you ever drove? Big Jeff? Big wheel. God bless you. That was like my, my favorite one, the big wheel. Any, any evil Knievel fans in the house? Any 70s kids? Well, there you are. Praise God. Big wheel. Too. Yeah, so I have big wheels. I had a tricycle before that. Remember a little tricycle, little red bike with the pedals on the front wheel? Man, you could pedal and pedal and pedal and barely go like the length of this pew right here, right? <laughs> then I got, a, I got a bicycle with, with training wheels on it. How many remember that? That the training wheels on it. And oh man, I'll never forget my dad. You know, we have four of us come the youngest of four. And dad took the training wheels off my bike. And I think my mom came out and he's like, Louise, you got to see this. And we had this old long driveway in our old parsonage down here at 810 Hickory Street. And man, I started going, man, I was really flying. I got a, a training wheels are off. It was a little wobbly, but how many know that, you know, it was a big upgrade from a tricycle. Then I remember going from that to a mini bike. Anybody have a mini bike when they were a kid? I had a four horsepower. Craftsman mini bike that I worked. I sold the grit paper. I was a grit paper delivery boy. I gotta watch how I say that. And, uh, <laughs> and I paid $25 for this mini bike, Joe. And it, it, the sprocket was, you know, the chain. So anyway, I had to fix that, take a couple links out. But I, I man, I was, I was cruising. I was around the, the yard. And I mean, we were living out in Johnstown, Pennsylvania at the time, Ed, on that four horsepower Craftsman mini bike. Can you say amen? How many know it's a deep theological message here this morning? Come on, I'm going somewhere. The Bible says God will move us from faith to faith to glory to glory. Can you say amen? amen. We're not to be in diapers anymore when we've been serving God for a few years. We should be experiencing the depths of the glory of the God. Whoo, man, I feel that in my spirit. So you move. Let us go on to perfection. You move on. You start to develop. God starts to move you to deeper depths of glory and faith. Your faith gets increased. It should be ever increasing. And then I went from a mini bike to a dirt bike. How many of you ever had a dirt bike? I had one of those little Hondas, I, I, you know, I bought it used. It was like you fold the handle. They used, used to have them for camp, and you put them in the trunk of a car. They used to make them like that. Anyway, then when I was in sixth grade, my buddy who I was talking about yesterday, his father that we just buried, Lamort, Bobby Lamort and I were in sixth grade. We got a hold of his father's Jawa motorcycle. Does anybody know what a Jawa motorcycle is? Probably Ed is the only guy in the room. And Doug, you know what they are. It's a Czechoslovakian bike. Street bike. I mean, this is like a like a 19, late 1960s. It had a big old flat seat, you know, with the strap in the middle. It was about four foot high. Guys, we're in sixth grade. <laughs> Think about you got kids, grandkids. How old are you when you're in sixth grade? Like 10, 11, 12? Praise God. I think I failed a grade in school. 
<laughs> anyway, we got on that bike. It's a true story. You know, truth is stranger than fiction. We got on that bike. It wasn't running, but my, my buddy and I, we, you know, we were kind of, we weren't exactly choir boys, but we, got, we were tinkering around. We got this bike going. And uh, then we start, ride, start running it, and, and then we're, it's a street bike. This is a, like a, a, an adult street bike. We're in sixth grade, and we're flying through the town of Peckville, you know, Blakely Borough, throttle wide open, hair blowing back. Our feet, watch, just didn't even touch the ground on that thing. I'm telling you the truth. Powder blue, and it was his father's bike, and his father's supposed to be working. We'd be pulling the yard up there at Bodnick Street, and his father happened to be home with the garage door open. And he wasn't exactly going to congratulate us <laughs> for borrowing his motorcycle without asking permission. And we couldn't know how to stop it, so we just laid the bike down and went flying. And he came over there. I still remember he had that white T-shirt on with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. And he's like, what the, you know, are you guys doing? Could get killed on that thing. Okay. But then I got my first car. I remember your first car. Oh, my. I had a 60... Seven Mustang, candy apple red, three speed. I thought I was all that in a bag of chips because now I could really go fast. So why did I tell you all that? Because Canaan, the promised land, watch this, God's promises for your life are found in God's word. Can you say amen? In this book, God's word, which is infallible, there's 7,000 promises concerning your life. Promises of health, promises of blessing upon blessing. So many promises, they're like blank checks waiting for you to cash them. What I want to talk to you about in the moments we have left together this morning is how do I obtain those promises for my life? How do I obtain them? Because God does not want us to stay on a tricycle. Can you say amen? Sometimes we need a freight train to get the job done, a speed train. I was in Europe a few years ago. I went on the, what is that called? What was that rail we were on? No, it wasn't that. It was the, uh, it goes about 200 miles an hour. It's a, uh, it goes under the English Channel. Anyway, it's like a blur, and you don't even feel a bump. So it's quite an upgrade from a tricycle, wouldn't you say? But Canaan is a system. I want to say that. I want to take a couple minutes to, to set this up here so you see where we're going. And sometimes you need to switch the system in your life. Can you say amen? If you want to go faster, further, you've got to change the system in your life. And so Canaan is what we would liken today to God's system, God's promised land, God's promises concerning your life. Now, I'm talking about people in the Bible, but I want you to think about you. Mark eleven twenty four. Jesus said, Therefore I say unto you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe them. Okay? Everybody say, believe. believe. Believe that you receive them. Believe that you receive them. Let's say it out loud together. Ready? One, two, three. Believe that you receive them, and what will happen? And you will have them. So you've got to believe before you can receive them. Can you say Amen. So your only ticket to enter the promises of God is faith. Faith is the ticket. Faith is the currency, it's been said, of heaven. So notice the system here. It's a higher system. I've got to believe before I can receive. Turn to your neighbor and say that. Say, you've got to believe. Say it now like you mean it. 
before you can receive. So you have to receive by faith. You can't have uh, Egypt's system and expect the benefits of Canaan. Are you hearing what, where we're going here, what God's trying to say to some people here today? You can't get the benefits of the promised land if you're in captivity. The Hebrew children were constantly coming under fire. I could talk about Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the fiery furnace, but just think about it. Every time they would mess up, they would wind up in captivity, Egyptian, Babylonian captivity. And so Canaan is an ultimate system for producing what you desire. It can produce it, listen, in one day in your life. How many believe God could heal you this day? I've seen people healed my entire life. Let me, let me just put your hand up if you've been healed before one time or another in your life. Now look around this room. Anybody that doesn't believe that there's a God in heaven who loves us and wants to fill our lives with good things. Psalm 103 would be a great reference. There's hundreds more. So my kids, I want them to have the best. Not because of me, and it's not a prideful thing, but how many want your kids to do well? All right, how many grandparents are here? So how many are like, forget about the kids, I want my grandkids to do well? <laughs> All right, there it is, there, there you are. I know, I, I know you, you connect on some level here. So understand, that God's love and His plans for our life is like that, like Becky and I with our grandchildren, times uh, like a millionth power for you. Can you say amen? He has great plans, great promises for you, but you have to have the key to open the door to access them. Amen? So Canaan is a promise. And Jesus said all things are possible to who? Them that believe. There it is. So that's a, it's a faith thing. So Romans 10, 14, let's go there now. That's the other scripture I gave you. This is what Paul says. He said, how then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? That's what I'm doing today. I'm preaching the word of God that changes us. Amen. Faith comes by hearing, Romans 10, 17, and hearing that of the Word of God. So as I'm preaching, your faith's being built up. Amen? That's why it's so important to be consistently plugged into a ministry that's preaching faith and not fear and negativity. How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Now, in Numbers 13, when we talk about Canaan, the Bible said the Lord, this is Numbers 13 and verse 1. You don't have to turn there. They'll put it on the screen. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel, the promised land. From each tribe to their fathers, you shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. So listen, Moses sends out spies. How many of you know this story? Moses sends out 12 spies to spy out the promised land, Canaan land, a land that's flowing rich with milk and honey, pomegranates the size of watermelons, okay? I mean, grapes, pomegranates, vegetation, it's, it's, it's the promised land. It's God's absolute best. How many of you, again, want God's absolute best for your life? Yeah, so it's His promised land, His best for you. But Moses, who's the leader, sends out 12 spies Come on, you know this. Ten of them come back with a terrible, negative, fearful report. Right? And they get the people all worked up. 
And they're like, my God, it's COVID. My God, my favorite candidate to get in office. My God, it's the end of the world. But if you believe the promises of God, you should not be fearful. You should not even worry. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. He can't even add one single day to your life. And some of us are like world champion warriors. Okay? 10 went out, 12 went out, 10 came back with a fearful negative report. Two came back, the Bible said, Joshua and Caleb were their names, and they had a different spirit. How many know they had the Holy Spirit? And they said, we can and we will. Caleb, mind you, look at verse 30. He was 85 years old. And he said, he had to quiet the people down before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession of the promises. See it? Take possession for we are well able to overcome it. How many know that's faith right there and not fear? Numbers, and you just, just look down. Listen, did God know there were giants in the land? Question for you. Yeah, but yet he still sent them to that land because he said, I will give that land to my children. Amen? Again, I want anything my grandkids want, they can have it. They want my car keys. They want my motorcycle. <laughs> praise God. How many know history has a way of repeating itself? Okay. All right, praise God. I'll let that one go. So one of, the, one of the things that mankind lost, listen, at the fall. Let's talk about the fall just for a minute. In the beginning, the fall, Adam and Eve, when they ate the forbidden fruit, okay? One of the thing they lost, things they lost was a righteousness consciousness. Are you still with me? A consciousness of being righteous. What is being righteous? Being righteous means that you're in right standing with God. That's why when we had communion, I said to you, the Bible said, therefore, let a man examine himself. How many know we need to remain in right standing with God? We can't say we're a Christian on Sunday and live like everybody else out there and think God's somehow going to wink at us and just call us home into heaven. Can you say amen? amen? The Bible said without holiness, no man can see heaven. No man can see God. So there's certainly, a, a, we've got to not just talk the talk, we've got to walk the walk too. Can you say amen? And so this happened that they lost this. And so the children of Israel became captives. They were hauled off into slavery, and it was brutal. If you read any of the history of the, uh, the ancient Near East, I mean, it was horrible stuff. There was, there was one method they would take as a hook and a chain and put inside the, a man's nostrils and haul them off in chains. In fact, Daniel, uh, you know, in his generation, that's how they took the men, and they took the best and the brightest, by the way, the young men, the strong, those men, they were, took, they were the future leaders. That's why hell has such an assault on the family. He always comes after the head of the house, the father, amen, and the mother to attack. It's no wonder so many families have so, so many challenges today. And if you look at this story in verse 33, they said, we're as if we're grasshoppers compared to the giants that live in that land. And see, what that is, is that's intimidation. How many know the enemy wants to intimidate the children of God? Yeah, and let me tell you, something's never changed because if you watch any bit of the news media today, the secular, liberal media, if you, and they'll probably put this in the paper, but I'll go ahead and say it anyway because it's worth it because you need to know the truth because the truth is what sets you free. It might make some people mad, but I'd rather see people get set free in the process. The liberal media 
has tried to paint the church of the living God as some small, obscure group of people that don't know what they're doing. They're not educated. They're not accomplished. And the secular media does that like the Egyptians did in the Old Testament to the children of God. And also Hollywood does that in many films. How many of you understand that? Oh my, anytime you see a church, a preacher, it's always a scandal. There's all kinds of stuff that's wrong. You know, let me tell you something. Not all churches are bad. In fact, there's a lot of good ones out there. You just need to find the right one and get plugged into it. Can you say amen? amen. And so in 2 Peter verse 1, the Bible says, I, this is a very important verse. I want you, if you don't hear anything else we say in the closing moments we have, I want you to hear this. 2 Peter verse 1. I don't know if you've ever seen this before. This is so imperative to your future. Okay. 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 3 and 4. Y'all doing all right out there? Everybody's okay so far? As His divine power was, has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him who has called us by glory and by virtue, by which we have been given, watch this now, given to us exceedingly great and precious, what's the word we just talked about? Promises. So God's given us exceedingly great and precious promises that through, through these you may be partakers in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Some translations say through lust and pressure. Pressure, okay? So how do I enter God's best for 2021? Are you ready? Number one, because let me just say this before I give you this first point. I can give you these points like that. As a believer, you shouldn't always be climbing up the rough side of the mountain. If you say, well, it's God's will for me to suffer. No, it's not. He paid for your suffering at Calvary. Well, it's God's will. God put this sickness on me. God doesn't inflict sickness on children that He loves. That's a demonic teaching that's rampant in our country. God's trying to teach me a lesson. He's not trying to teach you a lesson. His son took all the sickness, all of the sin, all of the shame on the cross 2,000 years ago. And he said, Tetelestai, it is finished, it is finished, it is finished. It's paid for in full. Well, God's paid for. I don't have to keep acting like somehow I have to pay for it. Can you say amen? amen? How do I enter God's best? How do I receive my healing? How do I receive my breakthrough? How do I receive a, a, a financial miracle? Whatever it might be for you, okay? Number one, I've got to see myself like God sees me. I've got to start looking through spiritual eyes because God looks at us a whole lot differently than what we look at ourselves. Can you say amen? amen? If we're not careful, we start to magnify the problems in our life. And we start to, start to tell God more about our problems. What we should be doing is spending more time telling our problems about how big our God is. Why? Because the Bible said I'm the head and not the tail. The Bible said I'll be the lender and not the borrower. Can you say amen? amen? So when you face trials, Proverbs 30, 30 is a great verse. You don't have to turn there. I'll put it on the screen. Proverbs 30, 30. A lion which is mighty amongst beasts and does not turn away from anyone. How many of you have ever seen a lion up close? Yeah. In the jungle. Without bars separating you and the feline. No? Well, not too many there. Okay. I saw a lot of hands at first and I was like, in the zoo. Yeah. Well, I've seen them 
in a safari. Uh, in fact, I've been to Africa four times, South Africa, and then Kenya, we're doing projects there, missions. And I remember when we saw lions in, uh, what's the name of that park they go for the safari? Do you remember? Claws and paws. No, that's up here. <laughs> How many know there's one in every family? How many of you get that? Claws and paws. You see what I got to deal with after this service is over? Praise God. How many know God's got a million ways to keep you humble, right? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> no, if you, if you, if you, go, to a, you go to a safari, I'm talking about a true safari, not six flags, okay? <laughs> I'm talking about, you go to, I was in, I'll tell you what, the first time I saw a lion was like 2004. I was in Kruger National Park, which is about 16 million acres of the African plain. I was with evangelist Dion Hockey. And he always, he invited me to come over to South Africa all the time. He still does. And he has that sweet British accent. And he'll say, Brother Terry, you just need to, you just need to leave the snow. He always says like that. Have fun in your snow. And come visit us. I'll take you. We'll, we'll, we'll have a great time. And we did. I went one time. It was amazing. We flew into Johannesburg. It was around Thanksgiving time. They're, you know, the opposite of the equator, right? They're southern hemisphere. So it's warm when it's cold here. So it's really nice when you get away to a warm spot when it's cold here, right? If you don't believe me, just wait till this week kicks in, okay? <laughs> I think the high is like 13 or something. Uh, but we were, we're in the park, 16 million acres, and uh, Dion's driving. I'm riding shotgun over there. You know, the steering wheel's on the other side of the car. He's got one of these Nissan Pathfinders or something. Fred Cicilloni, who used to be our old media director, and got the broadcast established not only here but literally all over the globe. Uh, Great guy. Still keep in contact with Fred. Uh, and Shemaine, we're sitting in the second row. So we're driving through the jungle of South Africa, Kruger National Park. And we had uh, reservations to stay on a place called White River with these kind of thatch buildings. Something like right out of National Geographic or like one of those, you see the people with the safari hat on, the goggles you know, on this truck. And so we're driving down the road and we stop because all of a sudden we see all these Impala. You know what Impala is? Not Chevy Impala, okay? <laughs> we're so Americanized in this country, aren't we? <laughs> we're in America, so it makes sense. But an Impala looks like a deer, but they have these funny antlers. They're like dark, but they're straight back. We saw all these, and I'm talking, when I say a lot, I mean probably 150 herd of Impala like flying as fast as they could, running like for dear life. And we're sitting there watching them, I think we were listening to Simon Garfunkel in Central Park on this DVD. And we're like, wow, this is wild. And all of a sudden, we're, we didn't know why they were running. Here comes the lion. But before the lion comes the lioness. You know, remember Rafasa? What's that? She's the hunter. She's the hunter. That's exactly right. Bon. So here comes these lionesses, you know, and they're, they're regal. And they walk out way out ahead of the king of the jungle. And so they go, and they're, they're looking all around. They're making sure, and everybody's scattered. And they go up right, right in front of, I mean, right in front of his truck. Like, he probably brushed his tail off his grill. And we're sitting there like, whoa, like your eyes are that big. I mean, if you've ever seen a lion, you'll, you'll understand what I'm saying. And the lion went up and sat underneath this tree. And they're, they're, by the way, they're like one of the laziest animals known to men. How many know they make the women go out, get the food, do all the kills and bring, it, bring dinner back to them. 
How many of you men like are liking this idea right now? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Sorry, I just can't resist. I gotta have some fun here. So, so uh, we're watching this lion. I mean, it's a it's a king of the jungle. Big paws, beautiful mane. I mean, they're just a stunning creature. They're the king of the jungle. Proverbs says, a lion which is mighty among beasts and does not turn away from any. Notice this. The lion, in other words, does not back down to anyone. Can you say amen? Amen. So let me ask you a question. Where did the lion get that attitude? Think about that a minute. Who taught the lion not to have any fear at all? Watch this, because the reason I ask that question is the lion's not the biggest animal in the jungle. If you've ever seen an elephant, a giraffe, and you go to South Africa, they have what's called the big five. You ever seen a water buffalo? How about a rhinoceros? You ever see a rhino up close? I'm not making a political statement now, okay? (laughs) Some of you will get that later. Uh, A rhinoceros has teeth. They look like a six by six beam, Brother Chris. And they, they don't even eat meat, but they like to crush things and crush the life out of it. They're like a violent animal. They're fun to watch from a distance. And I've seen them many times. They could sit on a lion and crush it. But the lion is known as the king of the jungle. And so where did he get this attitude from? Here's the answer. Are you ready? He was born with that in his nature. Let me tell you something. When you're born again, you have the same nature as Christ. In fact, we are the temple, the Bible said, of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? You're carrying the glory of God into your workplace tomorrow morning, sir. You're carrying the presence of the Lord, whether you realize it or not, into all kinds of situations, wherever you may go. And again, read that verse, write it down later, exegete it, study it, look it up all kinds of ways. And you'll find out that it's as exactly, and not only in that place, in many others. So if we have the nature of God, how many know we need to act like we have the nature of God and not like the world? Can you say amen? So righteousness means to be in right standing with God. So you've got to, A, if you want to inherit what God has for you, the promises in this book, you've got to start to see yourself as God sees you. Amen? He sees us as beloved. He sees us as chosen. He sees us as a royal priesthood. Come on, somebody. A holy nation. A peculiar people who God has called out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we're, you know, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. This world, this earth is not my home. I'm just passing through. Amen? And so we've got to see it. Here's the second thing. We've got to speak what God says about us. Can you say amen? David, oh, I love David. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 45, the Bible said, then David, now you know this story, David is like 13. He's a little sheep uh, boy. He's a shepherd. He takes care of, and he's not even in the qualifying for battle. He's not, a, he's, not a, he's not an infantry type guy, okay? His brothers are, all the tall, dark, and handsome guys are with their armor on, but the problem was, if you know your Bible, they're getting their tail kicked by the Philistine army. 
And in particular, the leader of the Philistine army, this guy named Goliath, was the giant of giants. He's over nine foot tall, and he's out there cursing the God of Israel. And David happens to come out. He's on assignment from his father. He says, take them out, you know, cheese and, and some snacks and, you know, and nourish them and replenish them because they're getting tired out there in the battle. He gets out to the battlefield. They're all hiding. Do you notice a lion doesn't hide? He's in full view. It's as if to say, go ahead, make my day. Right? So David comes out. You know this story. And he's greatly troubled by the response of the army of Israel at this nine-foot loser called Goliath. And what does David say? He says in 1 Samuel 17, 14, Then David said to the Philistine, he, so he comes out there, and his brothers are telling him, You get out of here, kid. You're going to get us all killed. And David's like, how dare he? In fact, David challenges his older brothers and happens to say, if you know your Bible, is there not a cause to die for? Is there not a cause to die for? And he points at that giant. And he has a little, he's a little 13-year-old kid with a slingshot, no armor on him. I love this guy, David. And he comes out to the Philistine. He comes out of that cave where they're all hiding. He comes out into that open battlefield, that valley. And he calls out to Goliath and he says, you come to me with sword and spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled this day. The Lord, listen to this. Now, here's how he's speaking like God. This is what I'm trying to tell you about your life now. It's not just a historical story. This is for your life. You have giants that face you every day, whether you realize it or not. And you can either run and hide in the rocks, retreat, or you can advance the kingdom of God. And every test that you pass, God will promote you to a higher level. Can you say amen? amen. Faith to faith. Think about the text. Glory to glory. Amen? <laughs> I love this. David says, this day. Everybody say this day. This day. How many know that this day you could speak to that sickness that's trying to inflict your body with pain, and it could be cursed in Jesus' name and out of here, never to return again. David stands up. I can see the fire in his eyes, and he says, This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you, and this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beast of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, a God in this valley. There's a God in Scranton, Pennsylvania. There's a God in Peckville, Pennsylvania. There's a God in the great northeast of Pennsylvania. There's a God who's alive and well, and it's time for the church to stop cowering in the corner and be afraid to open the doors and stand up because we actually believe what we teach. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. You've got to start to speak as an oracle of God. You've got to see what God sees. You've got to speak what God speaks over your life. Otherwise, you'll leave here the same way you came in. The choice is up to you. The choice is up to me. Anyone who is righteous and knows what righteousness means will become Satan's master. I, I, get, I get, like, I've been around this my entire life. I get so tired of hearing people give the devil credit that it's not due to him. What in the world? He's a defeated foe. That's like an insult to the Christ of Calvary. Well, the devil's beating me up. He's been on my chest all week. What is, are you kidding me? 
You know what I want to say when somebody tells me that? You must be the most conceited person in the entire world. <laughs> Have you not read the book of Job where he says, where is Satan? He's running to and fro across it. Do you think he would spend all week with you? <laughs> oh, man, I feel that spirit. <laughs> you know what I mean. Some people, they walk into the room, it's like they take the oxygen right out because all they can do is talk about their problems. The giant that curses them. David did not care about the size of the giant that cursed him. He was more concerned about the God who loved him and had great plans, great promises. Can you say amen this morning? I'm almost done. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, the sample son, meaning he came to show how Adam functioned before the fall. He was the second Adam, okay? Right? And what did he say? John 14, 12. Here it is. You know this verse. Most assuredly, I say unto you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do. And greater works, everybody say greater, than these he will do because I go to my Father. Let me just say for a minute, that's not blasphemous. That's, that's the words of Christ. How could someone ever, oh my gosh, that's ever, those are the words of Jesus. If you have a problem with that, you're going to meet him one day. I hope. And you could ask him. You know why? Because he ascended to the Father, and he sent the Holy Spirit to empower his church. And no longer was the Spirit of God contained in temples that were made with men's hands. But now, when the veil was torn, come on, you know this, at the cross, we just had communion a few minutes ago. It was torn from the top to the bottom. It gave us full access to God the Father, Abba Father. And now we are, the Bible said, the temple of the Holy Spirit. But we've got to see ourselves like that. Not just on Sunday when somebody's preaching, tomorrow morning when we go into our job. Or we face that person that's, you know, second cousin to the Antichrist or something, okay? (laughs) We've got to see ourselves as God sees us. A lion, bold. We've got to speak what God speaks. Amen? Rise up. Rise up, children of God. These are perilous times. We can't be like like a spineless Christian. It's time to take a stand for God. Righteousness puts us in perfect fellowship with God. Here's my last point, and I'm done. So I've got to see myself as God sees me. I've got to speak what God says about me. Amen? And then I've got to receive what God has already paid for. Worship team, join me. I've got to receive what I've already paid for. My son said the other day, and I thought it was kind of a good illustration. He said, did you ever order anything on Amazon? Anybody? <laughs> I guess I should ask, has anybody not ordered anything on Amazon? <laughs> well, we ordered some stuff Christmas. We still haven't got it. <laughs> I mean, so go figure. They, everything gets, coming to COVID is like the devil. He gets the credit for everything. <laughs> it's true. Well, that was COVID. That was COVID. No, it wasn't. You're just being lazy. Do your job. For goodness sakes. Well, but because of COVID, I'm like, give me a break. I know business people that use COVID as an excuse not to have to spend money. On a small mom and pop business level. (laughs) If that happens on a small level, how much more are these giants doing it on major corporate America? Well, because of COVID, because of... Are you kidding me? We blame the devil for everything. Well, because of the devil. No, you're a child of God. You're not subject to the systems of this world. Whoo, Jesus, help me, Lord. Boy, the devil hates this kind of preaching. 
Whatever, whatever the Lord has belongs to me because he paid for it. Amen? Amen? One day I was driving down the road with my son, Tyler, my oldest son. And we, I don't know, look, we went to like McDonald's. This is a long time ago. He's like a teenager. I don't know, he's maybe 14. How I many you know when you raise three boys, it's like a mortgage payment, just the food bill alone. They can like literally just like inhale a whole uh, refrigerator in one, one hour. And then they stand there and say, is there anything to eat here? I told them, when I get old, I'm going to come to their house. I'm going to do the same thing. Amen? I'm going to hold the refrigerator door open and say, is there anything to eat in this house? <laughs> I'm going to make them drive me all around, all my appointments, right? Make them change my diapers because I changed theirs. It's reciprocity. Come on, work with me here. <laughs> ah, thank you, Jesus. Receive what God has already paid for. Amen? I'm driving down the road. I don't know. I don't remember the details. But we went through like a McDonald's or something like that. And, you know, I'm eating my food. We were going somewhere, and he just inhaled his. You know, he got like the super size, you know. Went through the drive-thru. Guy said, exercise. He said, no, I want extra fries. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's terrible. I know it's an old joke, but it still works. I heard an old preacher one time went through the drive-thru, and he said, I was so, having such a bad day. I was so angry. It was Tommy Barnett. It was just so funny. I heard him tell this joke one time. And he said, I pulled in the drive-thru at McDonald's. He said, at least I could get my food right. He said, I pulled in, you know, and he said, I said, I've said to that speaker thing, I want a hamburger, fries, and a, and a shake. And nobody answered. And he said, I made me ticked off. You ever have a day like that? I know you guys are so righteous and holy. You're way ahead of us all. <laughs> he said, a second time, he said, I said, I want a hamburger, fries, and a shake. Into the speaker, you know, the, the drive through speaker at McDonald's. And they didn't answer. The little girl didn't answer him in there. And he was really getting ticked. And he goes, I said... I want a hamburger, fries, and a shake. Right into the speaker, nobody answered. Finally, he put his glasses on. He realized he was speaking right into the trash can. <laughs> it's a true story, folks. True story. So make sure you put your glasses on so you can see as God sees you. <laughs> oh, praise God. I'm driving down the road, and my son... He drank that big Coke down. He ate those supersized fries. He ate his whatever it was, something, his nuggets or something or other. And then he reaches over, Jay. I'm not even halfway through mine. And he grab. I see this hand grab Mike's drink. And I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute here. I just want a sip. I said, why don't you ask somebody? You know why he didn't ask me? Because my son understands this principle that everything that his father has already belongs to him. Say amen to that. You know, people complain all the time about stuff like it's just so silly. You're speaking stuff over your life. You shouldn't be. The Bible says we're joint heirs with Jesus. Joint heirs. You know what that means? We share in the inheritance of Christ Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. You're not inferior. If God is for me, who could be against me? Amen? Well, they don't like me down there. Well, buy the place then. Rise up in faith and do something.
my wife and I, I'm not boasting. I'm, I'm, if, the apostle said, if I boast, I boast of the Lord. We did something in business, Joe, the other day, and I don't tell people all my stuff because people get all kinds of crazy. And the truth is that those same promises belong to you. And if you actually believe them, you would never be jealous of anybody a day in your life. You would be possessing the land instead of worried about the future. And somebody said to me, it was one of our young guys, said, man, how in the world? I've never seen anything like that. How did you do that? I said, it all starts right here. And I was giving God the glory. Hear me. It starts in here. You've got to be able to see it. You've got to be able to see yourself as God. God sees you victorious. God sees you successful in life, not beaten up. Amen. You've got to see yourself through the eyes of the Father's love for you. He sees you as doing well out there, blessed and highly favored, chosen of God. His creation, you know. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Man, I have so much here, and I'm gonna, i got to quit this. You know, your only ticket to enter these promises for your life is faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? You believe that? You receive it this morning? Give God some praise. Hey, guys, we hope you enjoyed that message. And if you did, take a photo of yourself listening and tag us on social media at Peckville Assembly of God. We'll see you next time. And remember, we love you, God loves you, and may God's richest blessing be yours.